0: Hello everyone, what's up? Welcome to the Popular Journal Podcast. I'm your host, Hamir, aka Jarrell, and today we're going to be talking about nostalgia. And when is too much nostalgia a bad thing? Pretty broad topic, but a fun topic because I feel like I'm a little well-versed on this subject. If you're new to the podcast, this is a podcast where I sit down to discuss interesting and weird moments within pop culture join me bi-weekly where we'll have informative and retrospective conversations on the media we consume in our daily lives i love learning new things and i want to share what i learned with you guys so we're always going to be having fun and interesting dialogues on this podcast so be sure to stick around so you won't miss out nostalgia we all know what it is something in the past makes you happy that's pretty much the gist of it we come back to this topic again and again because it's so intrinsic to us as humans I could talk about this topic for hours because there are so many things that I am personally nostalgic for. Like when I was a little kid in the mid-2000s, you know, playing the PlayStation and the Xbox. Uh, Nostalgia is a very broad topic, and as such I want to narrow it down to the essential question of when is it too much? There's nothing wrong with taking a trip down memory lane from time to time, but what happens when that's all we do? We talked about this previously in episode four of the podcast where I talked about how there seems to be an abundance of remakes and reboots and sequels within the entertainment landscape, but I wanted to go deeper than that. It's much more than movies. Video games, products, and brands have really been leaning into our British sweet memories of yesteryear. I mean, just recently I saw a commercial with Alf in it, that like weird alien from the 80s sitcom, and there are tons of other examples just this year alone. The entire grimace McDonald's birthday campaign that was built around nostalgia. And I just wanted to preface this before moving forward, nostalgia is not inherently bad. In fact, there are actually some benefits to feeling nostalgic from time to time. Like how it may promote sense of self, it can serve as a parameter for personal growth, it can boost your mood, help strengthen bonds with friends and family, and even make you more optimistic. You can read more about the benefits from Maura Lawler's article from EverydayHealth.com, where she goes a little little bit more in-depth on the benefits of nostalgia. But like with almost everything else in life, there are downsides to nostalgia. And that's mainly what we're going to be discussing today. You know, too much of a good thing and when is it too much? This could be a pretty subjective question, of course. You know, like, where is the line drawn when it comes to nostalgia? So I wanted to be taking a, a, a peek at some articles that pretty much talk about this topic and talk about it from more a scholar scholarly source, and I think these articles are quite interesting. Consuming nostalgic media of all types gives us a way of thinking about who we are and helps us make sense of our purpose in life, said Christine Batchel, a psychology professor at Lee Moyne College and longtime nostalgia researcher. Batchel has been studying nostalgia since the 1990s, even developing a nostalgia inventory that assesses how prone you are to nostalgia. She says she's seen an explosion of research into nostalgia in recent years as scientists increasingly want to piece together what makes nostalgia tick, or rather how nostalgia makes us tick. In 2014, an entire textbook on media and nostalgia was published. Last February, a full issue of the Science Journal Current Opinion in Psychology was dedicated to nostalgia. The article continues to say, Zion Yang, a professor at the Chinese Academy of Science Institute of Psychology, I think I pronounced that name wrong, I'm sorry, explained that while experiencing nostalgia, people feel a sense of warmness, fondness, and belonging, and even experience a sort of mental time travel, all of which can drive people to seek out nostalgia. Yang asserts that movies and music easily trigger nostalgia and that nostalgic experiences can be particularly comforting in trying times, be they personal or global. Batchel agrees. That entire article was written by Olivia Campbell of National Geographic. A uh, very interesting article. The way they talked about uh Barbie and TM TMNT and Grimace. We talked about Grimace earlier, uh, the Shake. Uh, how not my favorite. And we also talked about how the entire campaign of that was based around nostalgia. Um, and Barbie and Mission Impossible and TMNT, you know, all of those they take us back to a time and place where, you know, we were younger and life was a little bit more simpler. Obviously, as you get older, you know, things change. uh, Life gets a little bit harder. Uh, Barbie, uh, although it may not, you know, be like based on, it's based on a toy, but like it's not like a sequel, like the same way Star Wars has multiple sequels. It's like an original story, but, like, it's based on, like, a doll. Um, That movie uh, made, like, one billion dollars at the box office, and Greta Gerwig was, like, the first uh, female director to ever do that, which I found really crazy. Patty Jenkins came close with Wonder Woman, but, no, Greta Gerwig was the first, and I was, like, when I when I heard about that, I was like, the first? Really? Two thousand twenty-three? That hasn't been, you know, more. But no, that is quite, quite a crazy feat. Um and it's interesting and kind of, you know, like why is she the first? But yeah. Barbie like made a lot of money and I guess and part of that could be placed on well, you know, the marketing obviously. But like maybe that could be placed on nostalgia. You know, people have a fondness of, you know, their toys and growing up playing with them. So I think that probably contributed to, you know, Barbie's success. And another thing, TMNT, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, has multiple movies. But it's interesting to see how, you know, TMNT is, you know, from the 80s. Tons of TV shows, tons of movies, tons of merchandise, tons of comic books, video games. Just very long and expansive franchise and it's sort of nostalgic for a lot of people you know myself included and i think it's really interesting to see how certain franchises come back and they do really well or sometimes certain franchises come back and they flop and they don't do so well and it's interesting to see how how franchises stand the test of time because some franchises are able to adapt and stay with the times and some franchises are, you know, a relic, a product of the past. Like you can tell like oh this is obviously from the 80s or 90s. It reeks of, you know, the 90s or whatever. But it's interesting to see how new directors, storytellers and people are able to bring these franchises back with their own creative take on it and their own spin. And I think that's really interesting. Like I again, I brought this up in the previous episode But I have like sort of a cognitive dissonance with um, nostalgic, you know, franchise and stuff. I think it's very interesting to see how, although it is an old property or IP, I think it's really interesting to see how a new director comes in and takes their creative vision and does something new with these characters and these worlds and all types of stuff and how they're able to tell a story that is not only relevant to today, but like not alienate, you know, the older audiences who grew up with the franchise or character. Um, That is a very hard thing to do, you know, because you're bringing in a new audience, but you're also, you don't want to lose the old audience. And I think that was pretty cool how Greta Gerwig was able to sort of do that with Barbie, where she brings on her own experiences of Barbie that's personal to her, but at the same time, wanted to tell something that's relevant and not something that's dated, if that makes sense. So yeah, I don't don't know. It's Nostalgia, there's a lot of pros and cons. Because there's a lot of franchises and stuff that I love and I'm sort of deep down, I'm like, oh, I hope this, you know, doesn't go away anytime soon because I really, it makes me happy. But at the same time, it is also nice to have new stories and new characters and new worlds and new developments and concepts and not be so heavily invested in something that was from our childhoods or our youth or from yesteryear, you know? It is very interesting to bring back an old concept or character or a tale as old as time and like modernize it in an effective way that is relevant to today, but also is able to not come across as like dated or cringe, if that makes sense. So I don't know, it's, it's very interesting. Um, but yeah, the article uh, talks about how basically like all these, you know, like Indiana Jones and uh, shows on like HBO like, uh, and just like that, I think that has to do with um, Sex and the City. I don't know what that is. I don't watch that show. <laughs> I'm not their demographic. But uh, other movies like Top Gun, and we talked about Mission Impossible. So yeah, it's like, it's very like, it feels like, oh, are we, you know, what is this, like the early 2000s? What is this, the 90s? But no, it's uh, 2023 and these stories are still, they're still like resonating with audiences. So it's very interesting to see how nostalgia is something that gets brought up time and time and time again, because again, it is something that is very intrinsic to us as humans. Cause you know, we think about the past and we have fondness for the past and it's sort of like glory days for a lot of people. And uh, people use the term, you know, rose tinted glasses. You know, you don't really remember so much of the bad stuff but you sort of gloss over that and think about the good stuff. Cause I bet, you know, like when I was a little kid like when you are a little kid and I'm sure had bad days and not so not so great days, but you still have fondness for this era that you grew up in, despite the fact that I'm sure not every day was the best day, so yeah, it is definitely very interesting but yeah, to wrap up the article from Olivia Campbell of the National Geographic article it the end sentence I wanted to read says, Familiar media from our past brings us emotional comfort, but it also meets a cognitive need. It encourages the belief that things will get better because they've been good before, said Batcho. End quote. So, yeah, having read that article, it brings up a lot of interesting points about nostalgia. There's goods and bads. They say, I read a couple other articles that we're going to touch on a little bit, but they talk about how like you shouldn't rely too much on it because it can be seen as a coping mechanism. Which, you know, might have some bad in it, but it can also be seen as a way to get inspired for the future and want things to be better. It's okay to, you know, look back and be like, oh, this, you know, brings fond memories. But you don't want to stay there, you know, for long. You want to be able to look at the present and look towards the future. And basically, I read another article where it did a a group of college students and they would have them read, like, uh, negative news, neutral news, and positive news. And I wanted to bring that up for you guys because I, th- I think it's really interesting. Research may help shed some light. In a study published in the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology, researchers asked people to describe under what cir- circumstances they become nostalgic. The most frequently reported triggers were negative emotions and mood states, particularly loneliness. The investigators followed this initial study with another one, this time purposely putting some participants, college students in this case, in a negative mood by asking them to read a distressing news story. Other participants read more neutral or positive stories. The results were surprisingly straightforward. Those who read the negative stories were subsequently more likely to engage in nostalgia than those who read the neutral or positive ones. In other words, nostalgia is a way of coping with distress by temporarily temporarily escaping the pain of the present and there's no denying that the past two years have been painful and distressing. Oh, end quote. But yeah, it talks about, you know, the COVID pandemic and some people it talking about like uh marginalized marginalized groups and stuff like that. And I find that really interesting because how people are able to find solace in nostalgic things from the present, uh, because of what they what's happening in their present day situation. And It also talks about how, basically, nostalgia is different for a lot of people. It says, I'm going to read more of the article. Research supports the efficacy of nostalgia as a coping mechanism. As a result of engaging in nostalgic recollections, people often report experiencing a more positive mood, feeling more socially connected, and having a greater sense that their lives are meaningful. This has led some to suggest that nostalgia might even be useful as a psychotherapeutic technique. Indeed, a six-week nostalgia intervention was shown to improve well-being in a sample of college students. In short, nostalgia seems to work. But we shouldn't fall in love with nostalgia too quickly. There are some important pitfalls associated with being unquestionably nostalgic for bygone days, particularly from a social standpoint. As Joshua Fields Milburn wrote in his blog, there's a problem with nostalgia. It tells only half-truths. As historian Stephanie Coons noted in a 2013 column in the New York Times, the past wasn't often such a happy place for some groups in our society. That article was written by David Feldman. But that is a great point to touch on, how certain people have certain fondness for certain eras, decades, uh, times. For some people, it might have been good, and for some people, it might have not been so great. Which, you know, is unfortunate, but it's also... Nostalgia isn't also only about... um you know, franchises and movies and TV shows and cartoon characters (laughs) and video games. But it's also, you know, just like the overall time period and, you know, how people lived and where they grew up. And within that regard, I do find it very interesting because, you know, we talk about nostalgia in a very specific uh, niche towards, you know, pop culture, obviously. Because there are a lot of things within pop culture that are very nostalgic, you know, like movies and television shows. But it's also interesting to look at nostalgia as a whole and not just franchises and stuff. So, yeah, that was definitely an interesting point I read when I was reading the article. Because it is interesting because, you know, even like when you're talking about your siblings and you may have like a fondness of high school, for example, But then your sibling's like, oh, no, high school was awful for me. And, you know, that right there is crazy because, you know, they both had two different experiences. And, yeah, I just find it very interesting when nostalgia is brought up within that context. Because it can can start a lot of introspective thoughts and ideas about how we navigate how certain eras are talked about. I'm trying to think of things that I'm personally nostalgic for. Um, Y2K. That's probably (laughs) what I'm nostalgic for, because, you know, I did not grow up in the 90s, so I have nothing to relate to about the 90s. What happened in Y2K? It was a lot of... I don't know. I was a little kid, so I probably wasn't paying attention to much what was going on. But there was a lot of... uh, What was it? Grunge? Uh, Hip-hop. Destiny's Child. Evanescence. uh, Scooby-Doo 2002. I want to (laughs) do... I'm going to do an entire episode podcast on Scooby-Doo 2002 and why it's just, you know, it is the definition of cinema and I will not elaborate on that. I guess nostalgia comes in all, you know, we talked about comes in all shapes and forms for different kinds of people, but I guess for me personally, uh, what's nostalgic for me I would say is video games, um, because I played a lot of video games. I still do to this day. And just seeing, you know, games like Little Big Planet or even just like old school games like Mario, they fill me with like a sense of nostalgia. That's another thing that I feel nostalgic for. Another thing that can probably trigger nostalgia for a lot of people is music. You know, you hear music and you immediately, you think of a time and a place, you know, maybe you used to listen to that song, with your dad or whatever and I just find it really interesting how music is able to trigger uh, such strong emotions it's fascinating when it comes to the topic of you know nostalgia um nostalgia can be very bittersweet for a lot of people it's a combination of you know both good and bad it creates a very interesting and sentimental feeling you know for a lot of people I wanted to read an excerpt from this article. Where they came to the conclusion that nostalgia is a, a mixed emotion. They wrote In sum, we found that nostalgia is a mixed emotion that varies both between and within individuals. Nostalgia prone individuals tend to report lower well being and are categorized by several negative traits, such as neuroticism and avoidance motivation. Although, They also report greater empathy. In daily life, people are more likely to feel nostalgic on days when negative social and achievement events occur than than when positive events occur. Although, they are also more likely to help others and feel inspired when they feel nostalgic. Daily and momentary nostalgic states are consistently related to increased negative effects and are not related to to concurrent positive effects. Taken together, these findings diverge from experiments in which participants are asked to recall their most nostalgic experience, which typically increases well-being. Daily states of nostalgia are more negative, less positive, and intense, and less beneficial for well-being than recalled extreme nostalgic experiences. Our findings indicate that nostalgia should be considered a mixed emotion that is more likely to convey with negative states than positive ones." End quote. This article is a very in-depth article. Um, it's called the Nostalgia and Wellbeing in Daily Life, an Ecological Validity Perspective. The article and research was done by David B. Newman, Matthew Esas, Arthur A. Stone, and Norbert Schwartz. I butchered all those names, and I'm so sorry. I told you I'm not good with names. This article is going to be linked in the episode description of the podcast, so you can read more about it for yourself. But it's very like it's a very long article, which is interesting how they came to the conclusion. That nostalgia can be like a very mixed emotion for a lot of people. One of the things that I do that I think is actually quite funny is I'll go on YouTube and I'll just watch like uh, 80s and 90s commercials, sometimes 70s commercials, and I'll just have it on like in the background. I don't know why I do that. I didn't grow up in those eras. I have no emotional attachment to those eras because I didn't even exist yet. I just watched them for some reason. And I don't know if it's it's because I think it's cool to take a look back on how life was back then um, with the commercials. Even, like, there's one thing on YouTube I saw. Sometimes I'll see, like, people will post videos of, you know, it's our last day in uh, 1998 high school or whatever. I like the what it was like being a high school student in the 90s. And I find those um, videos very interesting because it's like, it's like a looking at a world way back uh, before I was even born. And I just think it's really cool for some reason. Um, I saw another video where it's just like people hanging out in convenience stores in like the 90s or late 80s. And it's like, it's cool seeing what life was back what life was like back then for like the average person you know it's like a vlog but a vlog from the 90s and I just think that's cool and I don't know why I do that because again I have no emotional attachment to these uh, eras but I'm sure it's nostalgic for older adults who grew up in the era but for someone like me I don't know I just like watching them for some reason (laughs) but yeah I don't know It's kind of cool to take a look back at what was. Um, To see trends come back, you know, whether it's fashion trends or whatever. And I just think it's really cool how things come and go. And even, like, the Y2K aesthetic. I don't know. I just think it's cool. Even, like, the Y2K aesthetic within music and, like, the sound of it. But the question we came to ask on this episode of the Popular Journal is, you know, when is it too much nostalgia? When is it too much of a bad thing? And I think personally, nostalgia, you know, it's not inherently bad at all, but I think it can become bad when you rely too much on it and you don't care about whatever is going on in the present or the future. And it's always about, oh, I, I miss, you know, when I used when I was younger and I used to do, just that, do this and that, and it's just something you have to be moderate of and mindful of as well and just make sure that you don't sink into the sadness about what was and are able to look at the future with a sort of brighter outlook and are able to overcome whatever challenges you're facing in your present day. And I think nostalgia, you know, it can be fun to look at what once was and how it used to make you feel good. But at the same time, it's, you don't want to stay there, you know, and just sort of like never leave. You just want to look at it, appreciate it, and be able to move forward. It can be a beautiful thing. And nostalgia can bring up positive emotions. But at the same time, you just got to be careful that it doesn't cause you to be neurotic and apathetic about the future. That's when I think it is too much, you know, when you're way too over-relying on it and you're able to move forward while looking back at the past about what once was and yeah. In conclusion, nostalgia is something almost all of us experience from time to time, a very universal feeling, yearning for the past, but it's also not inherently bad either. We talked about how Nostalgia brings up different feelings for different sorts, uh different kinds of people, and the study with the college uh students was very interesting and now how nostalgia can be a great way to want to make the future better uh to look at it in that sort of optimistic lens and again, it's very great to look back and for you know a moment to be like oh i I have found this for this moment in time." And that's really, it can be a beautiful thing. It can also be a kind of, you know, bitterspeak because, you know, you may be like, oh, but it's not like this anymore. But that doesn't mean, you know, the future has to suck or anything. So it can be used as a tool, actually, to want to make, you know, the present situation and the future better, not only for yourself, but others. And again, nostalgic is very intrinsic to humans. It's great to look back and experience a time When life is simpler and you didn't have much of responsibilities and you're younger, but at the same time, it's also nice to look ahead of you and see what more can be done to make the president and teacher better. Thanks for joining me in this episode of The Popular Journal. As a reminder, I post a new episode bi-weekly, so be sure to stick around to stay on all the latest discussions in pop culture. For my Spotify listeners, be sure to check out the Q&A and polls in the episode description. All the articles I reference will be linked in the episode description as well, so be sure to check those out. Once again, I really appreciate you guys for sticking around and tuning into The Popular Journal. I make this podcast because talking about things that I find interesting within pop culture, and I like learning things, and I like learning about things that I find very interesting, and I like sharing those things with you guys. You are amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. There will be a link to a survey in the episode descriptions of most of my podcast episodes. So be sure to fill that out if you can. I want to improve this podcast for you guys to make it a better experience, you know, for everyone. So I'm always open to feedback. Thanks again for listening to the Popular Journal Podcast. This has been your host, Darrell. Hope to see you next time. Have a great rest of your week. Bye.